Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Lucy Hickmott. Hello, it's Wednesday the 3rd of January. Thanks ever so much for downloading today's podcast. Coming up, tributes have been paid to a homeless man from Medway who's died in hospital at the age of 32. But first, junior doctors in Kent and the rest of England have begun the longest strike action in NHS history. They're walking out for six days in an ongoing dispute over pay. The British Medical Association is calling for a 35% rise, but the government says that's unrealistic and unaffordable. Lauren's been chatting to Medway GP Dr Julian Spinks about the impact the industrial action will have on the health service. Certainly I feel that the timing of the um, latest strike and the length is likely to have a bigger impact than, for example, the strike just before Christmas. And that's because this is the point where the NHS, rather than winding down for Christmas, is starting to wind back up. So you'll like to see more cancellations and so on. And um, in general practice, the impact tends to be indirect. Um, We don't have lots of patients who are coming to us because they couldn't get seen at A&E. But what we do do is have patients who are coming back and asking us, can we do something to bring an appointment forward or try and get them up the waiting list for an operation? And of course, if lots of people do that, it's taking up our capacity to see people who are sick. What do you say to people for coming back and they're saying we need this treatment, but we, you know, my operation has been cancelled. What what can you do? Well, we can have a discussion with them. And if their condition has really seriously deteriorated or they're getting to a point where their life is at risk, then we definitely can bring things forward. But for the majority of people, if those circumstances haven't changed, then all you're going to do is move them forward at the expense of others. And so we we can't really do that. Plus, really, we want to have the ability where when we do want to move someone forward, we can contact the specialist and they realise there's a good reason for it. Whereas if we try and do that for everybody, we, we lose that sort of respect that we need to work properly. And what is your advice to anybody whose treatment or appointment has been cancelled? The first thing is really to get in touch with the hospital to see what's going to be happening, getting an idea of what's going on. If you do feel genuinely that your condition has deteriorated, then speak to your GP. You may be able to do that over the phone. Um, But if things haven't changed, then I'm afraid coming to us is not going to make a difference. And as a doctor, how do you feel about these strikes, the junior doctor strikes? Is it something that you support? I do support the strikes. And uh, interestingly, it's both because I recognise that my junior doctor colleagues have lost out enormously when it comes to the relative value of their income. Uh, But the other reason is because we are struggling uh, to retain the medical workforce. A lot of them are going overseas. Some of them are leaving the profession altogether. And uh, the pay is one of those things. If you can get more pay in Australia or Canada for doing sometimes shorter hours, why wouldn't you want to do that? So we need to make sure that the overall patches they have, including pay, is something that's going to make them want to stay in the UK and add to the NHS workforce. So how do you feel the current situation can be resolved? We really do need the government and the BMA to get round the table again. Um, There was before Christmas a suggestion that the latest Secretary of State is more amenable to that. The discussions have happened and the likelihood is there will have to be a compromise. They're not going to get 35% in one year, but it could be there's a multi-year deal which is above inflation, which allows them to have a return towards the sort of earning potential that they had a decade ago. But I realise that that is going to be difficult politically. Um, But if we don't do this, we're going to carry on with very disruptive strikes like this 
and will continue to use doc- lose doctors to other countries. Health Secretary Victoria Atkins says there'll be no discussions while junior doctors are on the picket lines. She's urging the union to call off the industrial action. Kent Online reports. A really sad story next as a homeless man who was well known for sitting outside a retail park in Strood with his dog has died. Nicola joins me now with more on this story, which is one of our most read on the website today. Nicola, tell us a bit more about Scott Fisher. Well, Lucy, as you say, a very sad story and tributes have been paid on social media by shoppers who regularly saw Scott outside M&S with his French bulldog Buddy. He was just 32 and passed away on New Year's Day after fighting sepsis and pneumonia. His mum, Claire, has told Kent Online how he complained of feeling unwell and coughing up blood on Christmas Eve. Now, she had told him to go to hospital, but he went to a chemist and was given medication for a chest infection. Last Friday, he ended up in intensive care and died three days later. And how did Scott end up homeless? We're told his life really took a turn following the death of his premature daughter 11 years ago. His other children had to be taken into care and Scott's mental health deteriorated. He started using heroin and made attempts on his life. And what about his dog? We've heard how shoppers would give Scott money to buy him treats. That's right. Buddy was actually bought for Scott by his mum and she's described the pet as his lifeline. She says he thought more of the dog than he did himself. We're told Buddy is now being looked after by relatives and on the website today you can read some more of the tributes that have been shared. Plus, we've got a link to a fundraising page that's been set up. Thanks, Nicola. Police are looking into reports that a woman was sexually assaulted while walking home in Tunbridge Wells. She's said to have been approached by a man she didn't know on Speldhurst Road in the early hours of New Year's Day. The suspect is described as being white in his early 30s with an Irish accent. Officers are hoping someone in the area will have doorbell or dashcam footage. A woman in her 60s has been found dead near Rochester Railway Station. Police were called to the car park in Corries Road yesterday afternoon. Trains were disrupted for several hours. Her death is not being treated as suspicious. Now, a motorcyclist says he's prepared to take the council to court after suffering life-changing injuries when his motorbike hit a pothole near Folkestone. Darren Crooks was thrown from his bike and through a metal barrier after it happened on the A260. The 37-year-old's been telling Kent Online about his injuries. I committed to a right-hand bend, which subsequently had a pothole in the middle of the road, which snapped my suspension yokes. Uh, resulting in myself being thrown from a motorcycle, hitting the floor, uh, breaking through a metal roadside barrier. Um, Injuries I sustained, I put my femur through uh, the skin, so I had an open femur fracture, as well as uh, a broken opposite foot, uh, ACL, PCL damage and bruised lungs. I laid at the side of the road for approximately an hour to an hour and a half, um, waiting for the emergency services and when they got there, subsequently them correcting my fractures and removing me to Ashford Hospital. It's changed my life forever. Uh, subsequently, we've got a case against Kent County Council as I believe the pothole was their fault and their responsibility where they've sadly denied liability. Um, so to this end, I think people need to hear about this. The state of the road is still absolutely appalling to this day and hopefully nobody else gets injuries from this.
Data shows potholes and faults in the roads have caused 15 deaths or serious injuries across Kent in the past four years. The county council say they can't comment on individual cases but recognise the responsibility they have to make sure the roads are safe to use. It comes as it's been revealed the UK's most expensive pothole is here in Kent. The county council have spent £4.25 million repairing one in Maidstone over the last decade. Kent Online News. A man's been arrested on suspicion of dangerous driving after a crash on the M2 in which two children were seriously injured. It happened last Thursday and led to the motorway being closed near Bluebell Hill for more than seven hours. Burglars have caused hundreds of pounds worth of damage after breaking into a cafe in Faversham. Cans of drink were stolen from fillers in Whitstable Road on New Year's Day. Police are investigating. The mum of a teenager who died from a brain tumour has told Kent Online she's determined to help fund vital research. 19-year-old Ellie from Dartford was first diagnosed in August 2022 and passed away 14 months later. More than £3,000 has already been raised in her memory, which is enough to fund one day of research. Kate spoken to Catherine Walk about her efforts to run a marathon in Ellie's memory. To raise awareness, to be able to help support, um, you know, raising money for them to do the research that they do at their centres um, is really important to me because when Ellie was first um, diagnosed with a tumour and had her surgery, she raised some money for um, the Brain Tumour Charity, which is slightly different to Brain Tumour Research, but she did a bake sale and she sold like these little um, red um, bands you could put on your wrist and and, and she, so she was really keen to to be supportive of it she took part in um a teenage and young persons clinic and she went to like um an evening like would go to like the social thing that they did she only went to a couple but um she she like liked to be around um and support people that had also you know undergone difficult times and she always had a lot of empathy for them so the running and the ex and the marathon um is a goal Um, that I can achieve and to take some positivity forward and to try to raise awareness about hydrocephalus. Um, We always thought we were really lucky that Ellie's brain tumour was grade one. We thought we'd had a lucky escape and that she'd had most of it removed and she'd been doing well for those 14 months in between her surgery and her death. Um, And uh, we consider ourselves lucky. So I just think that it's important for people to be aware that maybe it's not the brain tumour, but it's the associated things that you can have and symptoms and that you can get. Like hydrocephalus is, you know, it's so devastating what that can cause. Like if she had survived, maybe she would have been, had suffered brain damage because of the swelling on her brain. Um, She couldn't survive because of the extent of the damage. And I think, I didn't realise how bad hydrocephalus could be until Ellie died. Uh, I wanted to ask you as well about the the actual marathon. I understand it's in Norwich, is that Norwich, right? Norwich, yeah. yeah. Why why Norwich? Uh, I don't really know, to be honest. It was just one of those things I was just looking through um, different things because when Ellie passed away, she was being cremated um, so uh, we could keep her ashes at home because I'm not ready to say goodbye to her completely just yet. So um, I 
asked for our funeral director, they asked if we wanted, if people wanted to make donations rather than flowers, if there was a charity. So we said Brain, Brain Tumor Research um, would be the charity. So through that, um, I think today it's uh, £3,100 that's been um, donated um, to Ellie's much loved page. Um, so um, after that, I was thinking, I need a goal, I need something. So I was looking through um, the brain tumor research stuff and I was looking through different events. Um, and I happened upon this marathon that was happening in um, Norfolk in April. And I thought, well, that's good time. It's also um, starts at the coast. I love the coast. I find it very, like, quite a calming place to be near the sea and stuff like that. I find that that's, I, I, I've always liked it. Um, so I thought, yeah, I'll go for this one. So there wasn't really a lot of thought that went into it. It was kind of, I need something. I run. I do. I can do this. Ellie had always wanted me to do. She'd said to me, some of the people from the boot camp we go to did a tough mudder in September, just gone. And uh, she said to me, oh, you've got to do that next year, Mum. I'll come and cheer you on. And I said to her, no, you'll be doing it with me. Um, but um, so, you know, she was quite encouraging to do things. So I felt like when I saw the marathon, I thought, that's something that will really help me have a goal and it's something that I can raise money with it's like a, a, the ultimate kind of thing for somebody who's not a professional or a you know a, a real athlete or anything to actually push themselves to do it so I thought I can do that I can do that for Ellie. Kent Online reports. It's feared an area of woodland in Faversham could be turned into housing. A plot of land off the Lees is due to be sold at auction next week and has been described as having excellent development potential. Residents have set up a campaign to protect the green space. Meantime, a young farmer's been telling us how important it is to teach the next generation about where our food comes from. Jack Scott is currently combining studying at uni with growing vegetables at Nonnington Farms between Canterbury and Dover. He takes part in their visit programme working with local schools and the veg he grows goes to local restaurants and box schemes. The 20-year-old's been chatting to Gabriel from our colleagues at KMTV on his very windy farm and told us about his plans for the future. Next year on to three acres. The year after that, we're probably looking at about six. Uh, that's our two-year, three-year sort of business plan. Within 10 years, this is questionable on how well it could do. Some people say that Kent is 10 years behind Hampshire, and Hampshire's currently in a bit of an agricultural boom at the moment. So it could go quite far if it's done correctly. But diversifying the business into education is an element that we're looking at to try and help us in uh, diversify and improve and scale up. How would that diversification work, with uh, including education? So, it's for example, last week we had a school visit come out. Uh, they spent about an hour on our bit of ground, an hour on the landlord's farm looking at composting and whatnot. But out here, I gave them a task of finding me my biggest vegetable out in the field. They found the two, uh, two kilo beetroot, which my customers won't like, but the kids loved it. And it's part of that education visit that we diversified into. So it's allowing us to diversify, but the children also got an experience of how local supply chains look, how vegetable production looks, and small-scale vegetable production looks. That's the key bit, is trying to get them engaged, and they were engaged. Jack was named a young countryside champion last year. 
A former Olympic weightlifter has managed to prevent a theft from a Dartford gym after chasing off a suspect. CCTV footage shows the moment the man ran from the grounds of Europa Gym in Temple Hill after being spotted inside a container of tools. The site is currently undergoing a major refurb led by head coach Andrew Callard, who represented Team GB. Plans for a new Lidl store in Swanley have been given the go-ahead. It'll be opening on London Road, just off Junction 3 of the M25. There'll also be a development of nearly 50 homes and a new roundabout to ease congestion. Now, work's been carried out to remove fallen trees from roads in Kent after Storm Henk. Winds of up to 94 miles per hour were recorded in parts of the UK yesterday. A shop in Dover had to close after the roof was damaged and a woman was injured by a falling tree in Orpington. The Dartford Crossing Bridge was also closed for several hours. Meteorologist Kirsty McCabe says conditions in some areas have been dangerous. So it was an extremely windy spell of weather and these short shots sharp gusts caused a lot of damage and um, bringing down trees in many places as well including my own driveway so there's a lot of damage caused by the trees falling down and as you mentioned there are problems on the roads with uh, a lot of standing water and spray and we've had such an unsettled wet spell of weather that any more rains not great news there are still flood warnings in force and we've got still the runoff to come from some of that rain as well things will be improving um, over the next few days but still quite windy today and still some quite blustery showers to contend with over the next few days and that rain is going to linger into the weekend but for most of us as we go to the weekend actually it's starting to improve we're going to start seeing high pressure building we've not had that for quite some time and by the time we get to the weekend it'll be much colder for many of us and into next week significantly colder 60s and 7s will be the daytime highs it's going to still looking rather cloudy next week but much drier and much colder so a welcome change don't get too excited as another weather warning for rain has been issued for tomorrow. It'll come into force at midday and last until 3am on Friday. The Met Office says there's a chance of power cuts, flooding and more travel disruption. Elsewhere, Southern Waters say work to try and stop part of Deal from flooding during bad weather appears to be working. In the past, tankers have had to clear water from Albert Road, but it's now being diverted away from the area after new pipes were installed. Water butts are also being used in more homes to reduce the amount of water entering the sewage system. Kent Online News. The landlord of a pub in Ashford has announced he's leaving after 25 years behind the bar. Howard Lapish runs the Hood and Smoke house and grill in Willsborough with his wife who he met at the pub. They also own a local coffee shop and want to focus more on that going forward. A Kent woman's been named as a contestant on the new series of The Traitors. It starts this evening with 22 players competing for a £120,000 jackpot. 21-year-old Kyra, who's an apprentice economist, says she wants to win to pay for her sister's honeymoon. A 10-bed mansion in Kent that's hosted royalty and a famous author has gone on the market. It's thought the Charlton Park estate in Bishopsbourne near Canterbury may have even given Jane Austen the idea for the plot of Pride and Prejudice. It's up for sale for £2.5 million. And if the weather stays clear, you might be able to see a meteor shower in Kent tonight. The quadrantids are one of the strongest of the year, with a peak of around 110 per hour. You're most likely to see them in areas without too much light pollution. 
Kent Online Sport. Tennis and Kent's Emma Raducanu has been given direct entry to the main draw of the Australian Open and will no longer have to go through qualifying. Her pre-injury protected ranking initially wasn't high enough to get in, but a number of players above her have withdrawn. The 21-year-old from Orpington won her comeback match in Auckland yesterday after eight months out, following surgery on both wrists and an ankle. She says she's finally playing pain-free. I felt really good on the court and it was nice and refreshing to be playing a match and not thinking of niggles, not thinking of injuries and actually just being able to focus on the tennis and what I wanted to do tactically and not not hoping that, uh, you know, the points are over quickly. I felt like I was there uh, physically for however long the points kind of went. So that was a good feeling. She'll be taking on Elena Svitolina in the next round of the tournament tomorrow. That's all from us today. Thanks ever so much for listening. Don't forget you can follow us on Facebook, X, Instagram, TikTok and Threads. You can also get details on the top stories direct to your email each morning via the briefing. To sign up, just head to kentonline.co.uk. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast.